Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Can you take me higher, Matt? I can. God bless Creed, you know? <laughs> Literally. God, I, yeah, yeah. I. Uh, oh, man, that was funny. Uh, yes, today we are reviewing Natalie Morales' Plan B, uh, which is now available on Hulu in the United States of America. Uh, it is not currently available uh, in Canada right now for our Canada listeners, but it's similar to when we reviewed um, Shit Palm out of Springs. luck, Canada. <laughs> yeah, Palm Springs or Run. Um, we are reviewing this just because we know we have listeners um, outside of uh, Canada, uh, specifically in the United States. Um, and it's just a movie we really wanted to kind of watch and cover. Um, no idea when it's going to be coming out in Canada. But, but if, if it's, it's anything, like Palm uh, Springs it, or, run, or Run, it'll be it'll, on Amazon Prime or Netflix or, within the next six months. Or Star Disney Star Plus. Plus. Yes, because like, it now is that, Hulu, right? Yeah, because now that Star Plus is available here, I could see that. Or do you um, mean Disney Plus and Thrust? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, that's a good a good gag. Um, uh, yes, directed by Natalie Morales, uh, produced by uh, our, our boys from Cobra Kai, uh, uh, John Hurwitz, Hayden Schlossberg, Josh Yield, um, as well as uh, a plethora of other people. Uh, starring uh, Victoria Morales, uh, similar spelling, uh, but there's an O instead of A from uh, Natalie's last name, um, as well as uh, Kuhu Verma, uh, Mason Cook, Michael Profst, uh, Jacob Vargas, Jolly Abraham, uh, Rachel Dratch shows up, uh, Jay Chandarekasir, um, uh, your boy that you just interviewed. Oh, I had <laughs> I had a panic attack Josh watching Rubin. that scene for two reasons, not just because he plays a bit of a scumbag in that scene, but also because I just I interviewed him recently for Werewolves Within, um, which I can't talk about yet because it's in embargoed. But yeah, just yeah. just that interview I felt is one of my worst. So stay tuned you're, for that. You're too hard on yourself. You're too hard on yourself. Um, written by uh, uh, Prathi Srinivasan, uh, as well as Joshua Levy. Um, Eric, uh, what do you think, or what is Plan B? Well, Plan B, I mean, I think we should just talk about it in, in, in general terms, and, and we can sort of talk about the plot as we go along, like a road trip comedy, which this very much is. Um, but I also think it's worth talking about this as not only just one specific film, but we're looking at a number of movies now that are dealing with female reproductive rights and mm -hmm. from the idea of you know women that are affected by this and how yeah. especially in the midwest how women are affected by this and again you know coming from two white males from canada it might sound a little bit condescending as we're talking sure. about this but sure but i really like that this still this, important this though. dialogue is happening in film that you're, you're getting movies like this unpregnant never rarely sometimes always and even though Booksmart doesn't really deal with sort of reproduction but it deals with sort of female friendship, you know, what that means in in high school, being a high school senior and sort of moving on to the next phase in your life. And I'm sure that's what a lot of people would compare this movie to in in, in the more recent sort of landscape of yeah. cinema. But here, what you have are two high school seniors, two young women of color who are basically, you know, kind of outcasts within the high school setting. You know, they're not popular, but they have each other. Um, and 
you know, they both have sort of strict parents. They're living in South Dakota, uh, which is very key to this story, I think. And that the idea that both Sonny, Sonny and Lupe are two characters who, you know, confide in one another, but also aren't telling each other everything. And, you know, Lupe's more sort of outgoing than Sonny and sort of wants to, you know, push her out of her comfort zone a little bit. And she kind of gets her to do that by having a house party uh, when her mother, who's a real estate agent, is away. And so that kind of becomes this moment of where, you know, she has this crush on this boy who wears cardigans while playing hockey, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is great. hilarious. And, yeah. you know, like, again, you have this sort of romantic notion of, you know, first loves in, in high school or, or, or being attracted to somebody and how that goes and sort of what they're being taught in sex ed as well on top of all of that, which is, again, very Christian Midwestern sort of philosophy of abstinence first and all that kind of nonsense. And they're not actually teaching you anything of of value that you yeah could the add. abstinence video is pretty funny yeah <laughs> uh, which I wonder if Natalie Morales also like how much fun she had you know directing something oh, like yeah. that yeah. um and so you know things don't go as planned in terms of you know a, a night a romantic evening in terms of having this party and sort of you know pursuing somebody that Sunny that Sunny really likes and then also Lupe you know having a, a crush on a rock and roll uh, sort of performer uh, whose band is rancid tofu. Yeah. Uh, and so needless to say the next morning, um, Sonny reveals to Lupe that she had sex and that, um, you know, that she might need a morning after pill, a plan B a morning after pill. So they go to the local pharmacy, but unfortunately um, the asshole pharmacist uh, decides that, you know, through the uh, conscious uh, clause, clause, which is, yeah. I had to look this up afterwards. It's Just, real. It's, it's based horrid. on religious sort of re religious based beliefs that you know if if you feel that you do not want to sell contraceptives or or you know plan b or or anything to a, to minor. a minor 17 or under you don't have to you know that's your religious right which is ridiculous yeah, and yeah. so this kind of has to sort of force them to go on a road trip three hours there to rapid to plant to a plan yeah, parenthood yeah. center uh in rapid city three hours there three hours back and it becomes what you would kind of expect from like you know these kind of comedies where yeah, it's like teen it's sex road trip comedy stops kinda, along the yeah. way meeting sort of idiosyncratic characters getting into some hijinks you know strengthening the nothing bond. going to plan yeah, yeah. and a scene yeah. where you know the two leads have a bit of a falling out as well and and yeah. it kind of all goes as planned yeah um but within that i think that the characters are so well written i think that there are moments throughout this entire movie that are very very funny oh my god man uh, yes i think it's one of the funniest things i've there's seen there's this a while. weird thing with this movie i mean we we joked about creed off the top but it keeps adding like late 90s music and it's very subtle with that as well where like it has rolled to me 
and and a couple other songs and then he even has like you know uh christian trap music which is just <laughs> yeah. so ridiculous but at the heart of yeah. it all it's these two wonderful performances and yeah just assured direction from natalie morales and like it just it's so well done and well put together that you're you're completely with these two characters and it does have something really important to say about planned parenthood and sort of you know the lack of you know, these centers being available in the Midwest and what, you know, these young girls have to do in order to to get them because not everybody has parents that are as accepting ultimately as the parents are in this, even though, you know, when we're first presented by them, you know, uh, Lupe's father is a pastor whose um, wife just recently passed away. And, and you know, there's questions there with, with her character and, and her arc that you, you start to worry about a little bit. And then, you know, on top of that, you know, Sonny has a very sort of conservative mother. So like, it's, it's one of those things where it does take into consideration that, you know, just because this is a, you know, quote unquote Hollywood movie or, or a film that's being released on Hulu doesn't necessarily mean that the characters and sort of the environment that they're in isn't better because of that. It's, you know, they're living in a Christian, you know, mm-hmm. sort of very conservative part of the U.S. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely adored this. I think it kind of came out of left field for me because I hadn't heard anything about it until maybe its release on the 28th and people started to talk about it and say it was actually quite good. So that's why we reached out to Hulu and was like, I know it's not available here, but we want to review it. Watched it with Nevis. And um, man, I haven't laughed this hard in, in in a while from a straight up kind of comedy like this. And like, I mean, maybe uh, obviously like we mentioned um, Palm Springs being a surprise hit from uh, Hulu as well. And um, man, I just, I I absolutely adored this. And I think I agree with you completely that um, Victoria Morales and uh, Kuhu Verma and uh, are, are phenomenal and their chemistry is fantastic. And um, it, it, it is a message movie, like you were saying, but it doesn't, like beat you over the head with that. It it plays it as a pretty straight up road trip, raunchy sex comedy movie. Like like there's some stuff in in that like that yeah. it earns the R in the raunch. Oh, totally. <laughs> and I I'm surprised it goes to the places that it does. And that's what I think you mentioned with it, this Natalie deserves the best makeup and 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 oh, uh, yeah. prosthetic for a, <laughs> for a specific scene that is really hard to watch, but very funny. Like, and very, gross. Very funny. Like I was truly yeah. gag worthy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, as as a male, um uh, absolutely. Um but I think just like each scene kind of one-ups itself of being genuinely really really fucking funny but then also genuinely charming with the two lead characters and their friendship and their bond and then i don't know it just felt nostalgic but also fresh and unique and um and i think dealing with the subject matter that it's dealing and and the one issue i kind of had with the movie but i kind of ultimately was just like you know what it's fine because i enjoyed it so much is that everything's kind of wrapped up with kind of a pretty little bow at the end of it and it is almost too nice or too sweet like at the end where it's just like everything works out for everyone and that's not really spoiling anything but like it almost it has that after school like after school special quality to it that like that abstinence video is in a weird way where like like the the world that this is presenting it's a little cartoonish again because you have like the classic tropes of a road trip comedy and i'm fine with that stuff but i think uh, by the end of it i just went like oh like the um 
like it's written and you kind of know where it's going. Like Eric mentioned of like, you can kind of understand how it's going to play out. And I don't think any of that really matters because you're really there to laugh. And then the message is important. And I think this showcases it in the best way possible of going like, Hey, this is a really important thing and things that we should pay attention to and, and, and talk about, but then also make it very fun to watch and enjoyable to watch. But I just think with some of the characters, like you said, uh, are maybe written in, in a way that I'm fine with kind of the, you know, like you said, idiosyncratic kind of caricature, like shout out to uh, Doris cartoon, cartoony <laughs> people that they mean. Yeah. She's fucking fantastic. And like each one of those characters are super, super memorable. But then when you get into the things like their parents or her crush, that guy, I just felt like he's written in such a way that almost feels like unrealistic. Well, or you know, I, 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 and, I like, disagree with you a little bit on uh Hunter, the crush, the cardigan wearing yeah. hockey player, <laughs> which I also yeah, laughed yeah. at another visual gag when he's wearing uh, a giant scarf. <laughs> Uh, when they're, when oh, they're- yeah. <laughs> it's it's very funny, man. Like that's what I mean. Because, that stuff is genuinely like, funny. I, I I understand what you're where you're coming from, but there's something that he does mention that I also think maybe is a reason why he he acts the way he does, and he doesn't just feel like the with his sister with his sisters. Yeah. Yes, because yeah. he has three yeah. sisters, so he's not just yeah. necessarily the the manic pixie dream boy. You know, comparison, that, and that's what I was kind of, and I agree with you that 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 actual context does bring a little bit more depth to that character, and isn't that manic? Because at first, that's what I'm. I the whole time I just I'm couldn't like, get right, over. He little- looks uh, Michael Provest looks like a cross between Christian Bale and Ryan Gosling. Yeah, and he's good. I I like him. It's just like that kind of stuff by the end of the movie and how everything kind of wraps up. I was like, all right, maybe I needed a little bit more like it didn't feel realistic. Like it felt a little too like sweet. And and there's nothing wrong with that, especially in a movie like this. It's just I think if I was going to criticize something in the movie, that's kind of what it would be where everything else I think is genuinely funny. It's paced super well, each set piece or comedy set piece, whether it's the, the, the show at the bowling alley or the, this Oshawa party that they go to with the Creed use playing in the of background mud in this movie and like, as a set piece, like as a, like an action yeah. set piece to get away. It's really, really well done. I, I wonder if that was something in the script or like they sort of wrote that in based on the location like that sequence where you know it becomes basically a chase but in mud like you don't see that in movies that often yeah and yeah. it's clever you already yeah i totally agree with that and like you are each thing i think each character they meet whether it's the drug dealer in the park like we already kind of alluded to a scene there that as eric mentioned is the best use of prosthetics or <laughs> or something that i've seen in a it's while so and, gross. And, it, and the movie earns its r rating because of that and, and she and and natalie morales has no problem like going there and and, and you know showcasing you know, in, in stuff that you wouldn't, I think, maybe get away with in a Hulu movie, but I don't, I guess you see that in, you know, R-rated movies in theaters. I just forget what it's like to go see an R-rated comedy in a movie theater. Um, but this would have played super, super well in a theater. Oh, think, it would well. have been one of those um, moments where it's like you wish you could have been in a theater, you know, like watching this in mul- multiple times. Like in seeing that, like that first night crowd sort of reacting yeah. to a scene like that. And I, I got to say that... uh Kuhu Verma in sort of like when she's trying to, you know, dress differently because she hears the way that, you know, the other girls sort of are treating her yeah. and the mirror scene, you know, like that's her yeah. kind of like Robert De Niro. Are you, are you, yeah, yeah. you know, talking to me You're is amazing. To me, yeah. Like that, her performance 
throughout. She's so is, good. She's so natural. It feels like, like yeah, it's, like, it's, yeah. it's it's very funny. But it's the way that she delivers certain lines yes. or her mannerisms yeah. are incredible. Um, I, I couldn't stop laughing at certain things that she you know brings up, and it does talk about race a little bit as well. Where like mm-hmm. you know how you know we can be you know offensive but also you know not consider other people's feelings and then on top of all of that like there's this weird inside joke with like the indian mafia which is like yeah like, <laughs> yes that all indian people like like go back and talk to one another and will rat on like their kids or different things if they see them in places that they're not supposed to be and it's really funny um there's one delivery what was the line or or one little off joke that it's just like the actual line wasn't that funny but it was a way that if a character delivered it well i have one that i, I wrote down yeah uh, my, one yeah. of my favorite ones which is in uh the first five or ten minutes when they're in the high school and it's it's one of like you know the the blonde preppy girls and she's saying you know my butthole is not my best feature <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's good but i think it's just like a one-off at the party maybe it was a girl who walked into a, a room and said something that i just died laughing and i can't remember the exact line but the movie has so many of those things where you mentioned like whether it's, it's rapid someone's delivery, fire man like and yeah and it's whether it's someone's delivery or whatever it's just how the jokes are delivered to you throughout this whole movie i think is so well paced and like you mentioned doris at the uh edie patterson's character doris which is the gas station attendant right yeah and she was in knives out as well and and yeah yeah. so but and but i gotta say quickly as well yeah in that that sort of uh uh, house party scene another little touch that i loved uh was when sunny and hunter are at the uh the punch bowl drinking uh the uh skull the the skull is in skull fuckers skull fucker Uh, yeah and he's drinking out out of a dragon ball z mug I, yeah. I really well, there's a lot of nerdy that. references there because they're both dorks right yeah. like the the two girls uh, the leads in this so like you get like a funko pop reference a my hero academia reference sailor like, moon. you get like sailor moon like you get really nerdy kind of um like still mainstream nerdy but like again it, it is it, I just feel like it feels really authentic and that's what it, that house party felt very authentic. Like a kid just like throwing a house party who doesn't normally have a house party and all the cool kids come. And I've been at that thing before where you're like not quite part of the cool kids, but like all the cool kids come to your party or to that thing. And, and like, I don't know. I just felt genuine throughout the whole thing. I dig and your shoulder glitter. Funny. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to find the joke that I really, really laughed at, but I also don't want to give away everything. Yeah, but, but like, there's so much um, where it's like the first time you watch it, it is rapid fire humor where there's so many good one liners and deliveries from, you know, the main cast and supporting players and people that are in bit parts that it's hard not to laugh. Like even the stuff with with Josh Rubin's character, it's like, just don't tell my mom. <laughs> yeah no that scene's great nevis loved that scene of like just exposing toxic masculinity in these shit bags that are just cat calling these young girls at this gas station and um i also want to give a shout out to um uh uh mason cook is kyle <laughs> i thought that <laughs> like i thought his his when he comes out with that puka shell necklace thing around his neck of like this kid this religious kid that's trying to be kind of cool or whatever and um i just i it fucking killed me um, that was another line that i liked thing. as well where uh his his church community is is like near a barn or something like that and sonny's like yeah my mom doesn't allow corn in the house it's too phallic (laughs) (laughs) and i think the joke i'm thinking of is uh, during the bathroom scene someone walks in on them and there's a line that that 
Okay, I know the scene. Says. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying I to just, think but of... I remember Nevis and I both turning to us and being like, the line itself wasn't that funny, but it was like the way the person delivered the line was hysterical. But um, And that's what we mean by these memorable characters throughout. And I, I think there's like all these iconic sort of moments throughout the movie, whether the set piece that they go to, I think there's a genuinely great reveal that I probably should have seen coming, but at the bowling alley during the, the concert sequence of like, Oh yeah, that totally makes sense. But like they did such a good job at kind of misdirection that I think that reveal, which ultimately is a, a, some of the emotional core in the, in the second half of the movie, I think works really well. And it's not like a aha gotcha moment, but it sort of is in it's a way. Subtle, though. Like, it's subtle though. Yeah. It's subtle. Like how the message of the movie is there throughout the entire runtime. I would say the only time that the message is very much present is in the pharmacy scene, just in the way that it's even shot where you have the pharmacist played by Jay uh, Shander Shankar from Broken Lizards yeah. Group. Sort of put up high, and they're you know the, the the two teens are shot in kind of a low angle, and it's almost like this weird microcosm of like what the government is, you know, like in sort of yeah. creating these weird fucked up laws and sort of uh, gender yeah. controlling, you know, uh, female rights, and it's 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 just so the U.S. especially in the Midwest, I'm sure there's a lot of really wonderful people that are you know liberal or at least oh, totally, sort of yeah. moderate but like you think about some of 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 these you know abortion laws and sort of controlling reproductive rights and it's like you no know, the person that has the right is the person who's making the choice it's it shouldn't mm-hmm. be you know these old white guys yeah, you know totally. making these choices and it's so weird that the that the midwest is so far behind yeah. and it just feels yeah. like it never really ever progressed and it's just, um, it, and, and I think that goes to show you again, I totally like, agree. having to, you know, these characters and, and I mentioned never really sometimes always, which is a much darker movie and of and, course, and a it's drama, a, not it's a, almost more of a yeah. thriller, you know, where yeah. they have to go to New York, um, to get an abortion. It shows you again, like the time and inconvenience of something and also safety, like of, of, of doing this and sort of going out of the way in the character, you know, a character or person in real life, you know, if there was a Planned Parenthood or an abortion clinic closer and, you know, there would be less casualties to self-harm, there would be – Of course, yeah. And it's just – and I think that it's important to have this dialogue and you're seeing these movies now that are that are doing that in a very interesting way, whether they play it – And in different ways too, Comedically right? or, yeah. or, or sort of dramatic or, or thrilling in nature and – um. Yeah, it's 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 really fascinating to see these movies being made at this moment, especially again when you know the Midwest is so stubborn with their laws. Like, like it, it, not that it's the same thing, but like even with you know gun legislation in the U.S., like you you keep thinking to yourself, okay, well, how many is 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 that breaking point? And it's like seems like it's not going to happen yeah, because it's a constitutional yeah. right, and it's like, yeah, guys, come on. I agree. No, I, I I completely and utterly agree, and I I love that we're getting different genres tackling that subject, like you said. So some of it's, you know, maybe an easier watch like this movie, but some is a very tough watch. Like, and uh, but either way, you're still getting that message out. And and even with my criticisms earlier, where I thought everything was tied up with a nice little bow on a lot of the characters, or were too sweet or too kind near the end, and and maybe that's 
me think as in a cynical way but like maybe that's a good thing for a movie like this that you need to have that kind of happy ending and that you know and, and showcase that we can be like that or there can be young men who are like um hunter uh, what's a hunter in this movie or there are parents who can be you know ultimately be accepting uh, of stuff like this and helpful and like your parents really ultimately want to help you in the end so you shouldn't be afraid to you know talk to them about these things and 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 that's not always the case which is sometimes why i go i'm a little like uh, well that's where there's something like never rarely sometimes always which is is much more grounded in sort of a docudrama right where this is playing off of you know a classic sort of genre of films mm-hmm. but sort of bringing a social commentary of you know the US healthcare and being critical of that and sort of where you know the US is right now when it comes to mm-hmm. female rep- uh, reproduction rights and i i'd say the only thing on a on a technical level that i had a a little bit of a problem with not problem but it kind of took me out of the movie for a minute there's this shot where lupe is talking to sunny and Lupe is still in the shot, but she's out of focus and it's on Sunny and it's Lupe talking, but it looks like the dub is off a little bit. And I don't. So it was ADR probably. Yeah. And it just, just, it looks a little weird because like it. I think it could she's have, actually in frame. Yeah. Like, and even though she's out get of like, focus. Yeah. But it's on. And, and like it's, it's a shot that's. It's designed on purpose. Like it's not like something that they're just like, okay, well, we, we need to co- get this as coverage. Like it was done intentionally, but in terms of the ADR and the dubbing of it, when you see, because you're not supposed to really pay attention to Victoria in the shot because she is out of focus. It's not. It's it's yeah. more so the reaction of the character of of you know this this the Sunny character sort of reacting to what Lupe is saying, mm-hmm. and so when you see her mouth moving, it's just it's off in one scene and it's 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 during a a, a pivotal emotional moment where you know they're they're putting all their cards on the table yeah Uh, i did find the joke that i was talking about and it was the shining joke which the actual line of dialogue um isn't like the most original thing ever but the way that the character delivers this joke about the shining is so fucking funny to me and and nevis and i both said the same thing and there's like little one-off jokes and characters like that that you'll see throughout this whole movie um but then i just like i said each set piece i found was memorable because you can talk about the park sequence or the bowling alley sequence shout out to north end bowl here in oshawa and that's why like that whole segment with the bowling alley concert and then the party after just felt very oshawa so oshawa is the midwest um, of ontario yeah. is what we're, it, we're it saying it just felt it kind of felt like that like that party with creed playing in the background which is the creed playing in the background is such a it's not really the focus but if you get it you'll laugh like it's that kind of well, stuff it's the same that, thing like, with like that late 90s music that keeps playing yeah. throughout where you're getting like there's another song as well hold on i'm gonna look it up just a second where as soon as i heard it i was like this is so weird oh story of a girl uh this is a story of a girl. Yeah, so yeah, when, yeah, so yeah. like that's playing on the radio. And when that's playing on the radio and it's subtle, like it's not like they're they're like listening. It's just it's just background noise. It's because Natalie Morales went to high school in the 90s, right? right like right. I'm assuming, because she's a little bit older than us. And um, so I'm assuming But that Roll just to comes me is the her, other one as like, well, where yeah. like you're you're thinking like to yourself, like, this is so weird to have like this, like um, you know, soft rock uh 90s music playing just kind of 
subtly in the background on the radio as they're driving in certain scenes. And it's not even like a moment where, you know, the characters sing to it or anything. It's just kind of there. And like, it's, I I thought that actually was very funny where the Creed song, Mm -hmm. like I feel is, is not it there. She's not, Natalie Morales isn't drawing attention to it necessarily, but like you said, you pick up on it if you if you, know. you pick up on it and then you laugh because you're like, of course Creed is playing at this party. Yeah. Um, and then finally, I just want to give a shout out, being like the the representation in the movie, I think is wonderful and and, and just very much needed. And it's unfortunate, I guess that not that it gets buried on Hulu, and that's just the kind of the times that we're in right because now. Because there's so but, much out there um, content wise, yeah. right? Um, but directed by uh, a woman, uh, screenplay written by a woman, starring two women, uh, music uh, done by a woman, cinematography done by a woman. Like, I just think that's uh, super, super important to kind of point out and is just wonderful to see. And and um, and I, I just I think it's great for that reason as well. Well, it also makes me excited to see because uh, this is not this is Morales's second film this year. She has another yeah, movie language we, um, lessons, which we didn't get to see, but played South by Southwest Southwest. Yeah. And I think it also it wasn't available Sundance maybe, be, but shout factory picked it up. Uh, Berlin at Berlin. So the, it will be getting a release sometime uh, this In year. September. Yeah. So we can Could maybe play re- Tiff actually. Cause it's September 17th. So. Yeah. So we could review that as well. Probably. Yeah. Unfortunately it wasn't available. Uh, right to no, us. No, no, it wasn't uh, at, at South by Southwest. So unfortunately, we couldn't. Uh, oh, we would. But that makes me. Uh, we would have. And now this makes me very excited to kind of check it out. It also because, makes me um, even more mad at um the little things because she plays one of the detectives that has nothing to do in all of the scenes yeah. with Rami Malek and uh, mm. Denzel Washington. Yeah. Uh, that is very true. Um, but great. I think this like, again, not to just compare book smart and this movie, but I think no. it's, and then book smart come- also felt in that same where everybody was comparing it to super bad where, yeah. and then super bad is being compared to, you know, all, all the, the teen movies that came before it, which it, it's always going to happen. Yeah. And I think that's just, um, you know, plan B and super, uh, and, and, um, oh my God what we were just talking book smart but also uh, smart but also unpregnant and and never yeah. really sometimes always like i would say with the exception of book smart those three movies are having a specific dialogue about what's going on right Absolutely. now in uh u.s health healthcare specifically mm-hmm. um i loved it um i think it's one of my favorites of the year um i'm gonna give it a 4.5 out of 5 i think even those criticisms that i said about that didn't hinder the movie enough to um lower it any any lower than that so i really loved it 4.5 out of 5 yeah i'm gonna give it a four out of five nice um thank you all for listening uh we got a lot of content hashtag content coming up for you guys so this is just this is just the start of a very busy june probably a busy july but very busy june so um if you like this we have other reviews that we'll have this week you can check out our reactions to the first two episodes of loki on tuesday uh you'll also be able to catch our review for in the heights this week um as well as awake as well as the hitman's wife's bodyguard um i think that's it on the review front this week um but then Tribeca also starts on Wednesday. Um, so we will have tons of reviews coming out of Tribeca. Uh, we're just kind of putting our schedule together now. So we don't have exact when you're going to get which movies and things like that. But Tribeca starts this week on Wednesday. You can catch a Tribeca preview in our newest 
Untitled Movie Podcast. So go subscribe to that channel. Eric and I preview the festival uh, as well as talk about everything else going on in the entertainment industry over there. Eric, did I miss anything on the reviews front that we're doing this week? Uh, let me just um, double check now on our Letterboxd uh, yes. account, which you can uh, follow us on Letterboxd. It's our HQ headquarters uh for everything untitled you can follow all our socials there you can see all our reviews there um schedules we post weekly so yes we had um awake yeah hitman's wife's bodyguard loki and the heights i covered everything here so um and we'll have luca next week um but it's going to be hopefully we'll be able to see a quiet place part two and um fast uh nine um unfortunately theaters still aren't open but there are rumors that Ontario is going to open up this week. So Eric and I might be able to go to the drive-in to see those movies. We'll see. And then if we the do, we'll, um, we'll be able to review them if we're able to go to a drive-in or something like I'm that. I'm just requesting so. a Blu-ray copy of House of Wax, the remake. Uh, Shell Factory is okay. released. There Scream Factory is releasing a new Blu-ray edition of it this summer. So. Noise, noise, So I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I seem like I'm not doing anything right now or not paying attention. No, no, it's all good. Uh, like Eric mentioned, please go follow our letterbox at Untitled Podcast. We're on all of those social medias at Untitled underscore cast. You can find my work around the internet, but mostly at UntitledMoviePodcast.com. And you can follow me on all of those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. I'm usually on Twitter and Letterbox. If possible, I would like to request a Blu-ray <laughs> review. This is the content people come for. Uh, you can follow of- all of Eric's reviews at uh, cinemascene.com no rogersdv.com slash cinemascene follow him at em6211 thank Uh, you stay safe have a good day (laughs) and can you take me higher couldn't have waited five minutes (laughs) no not at all i have to do it now i love it uh thank you all for listening uh eric already plugged your shit so until next time can you take me higher